Hello, and welcome to Enlightened Empaths, your community for the spiritually awakened. And Happy New Year, everyone, and Happy New Year to you, Denise. Oh, Happy New Year. I'm really excited about this new year. I always say that, though, but I really am. No, I think we all are. I think we're all ready to turn a corner and and start something new and put this, this strange year behind us. You know what I was thinking about the other day, though, is... When we, everyone was going, oh, 2020, the year of clear vision. It really was in a lot of respects. Like we had to really go within and look at a lot of things and see them more clearly. And now we're ready to progress forward. Yeah, that's true. I think that 2020 kind of stripped us bare of Mm -hmm. all the things that we do to keep us busy and distracted from looking at what we need to look at. So in in that 2020 vision, look back, it does make sense. Right. So I wanted to start off today's show by talking about this little incident that happened over the holiday. And I already mentioned it to you before, Denise, but it has really stayed with me. So we were at my sister's house celebrating her twin boy's birthday, and they blew out the candles on their cakes. And we, we all were like, make a wish, make a wish. And when that was all done, I said, have you ever guys, have any of you guys made a wish on a candle on your birthday that came true? And everybody just stopped and blinked and stared at me. And finally, one person said, I don't know. I've never really thought about that. And it just made me realize how we so often go through life making goals and wishing on stars and birthday candles. And do we ever pause in gratitude or reflection to say, did that come true? Did I want that to come true? How did that come to pass? And so I just think it's important to look at, well, first I want to discuss the difference between a wish and a goal. And then I want to talk about how so often we accomplish the goals we set for ourselves, the resolutions we create in the new year. And sometimes we're blessed with the wishes our hearts yearn for. And yet we don't often pause to reflect and pat ourselves on the back or thank the universe or, you know, thank our guides and angels for letting these things come to fruition. What what do you think about all that? I think it's incredibly interesting. And I agree because that's been a learned behavior for, for myself over these last several years of when I accomplish something, of doing something to celebrate it or to silly things. It doesn't have to be a huge goal, but so when I got the went through the motorcycle class is a good example. I was really proud of myself and I celebrated that. And I, you know, I, I really gave myself kudos for having accomplished a goal because the goals are easy. You can set the goal, you can task analyze, you can break it down, you can take those little steps. If you're not making the biggest step, break it down even more. So that's that linear sequential side that we can really focus on. Wishes feel more esoteric to me, and that's more of the emotional, the empath, the sensitive. That's where I put my wishes. But even being more conscious about the birthday candle wish this year on my birthday, I thought, what do I really want for this coming year? And and it was more, I don't want to say esoteric, but it it wasn't a tangible goal. It wasn't something I can work towards. It was more of an energy I'm trying to manifest in my life that will permeate everything. Yeah, really well said. You know, we've all learned from Disney that a wish is a dream your heart makes. (laughs) (laughs) But I think that wishes have this fantasy element to them in our subconscious where 
there's a part of us when we make a wish that thinks, oh, that's just a wish. That's not going to happen. And, and that's why I think it's really important for everyone listening to start to reflect on your own wishes and your goals. And maybe in 2021, start to move some of your wishes into the goal category. Because think about the difference. I wish I could ride a motorcycle to my goal this year is to learn to ride a motorcycle. It's very, very different. Well, when you set goals for yourself, they have to be goals that you really believe you can accomplish and achieve. That's very true. So that goes back to attainable. And, you know, all of the, when I used to go to the gym all the time, and I actually did, believe it or not, it's hard to believe that now where I am, but, and I would go in and I, the first of the year, I would get really frustrated because it was so crowded and there were so many people. And I would say, oh, it's the new year resolution, people. That's okay. They'll be gone in four to six weeks. And like clockwork, they would be gone. And the goal of, of a healthy lifestyle versus I want to lose 20 pounds or the goal of I'm going to go to the gym because it gives me time to shut my brain off and feel more, more connected with my physicality and, and have better health versus how do I look in these pants? Right, right. Well, I think with some goals that we set, we don't realize that these are lifestyle changes forever. You know, right. like setting a healthy lifestyle goal, like going to the gym, that's forever. That's why I don't go on diets because, you know, they don't work for me. If you, if you cut calories for two weeks, you'll lose weight. But then when you stop cutting calories, you gain weight. You know, so I think that any goal you make, it has to become a new piece of yourself that you wear every day. It can't be, I'm going to do this for two weeks. It has to be, this is my new norm. I think that's why so many people drop off from their New Year's resolutions in four to six weeks. And also it's habits. I mean, that's why, like, I love that book, Atomic Habits, about how really anytime you set a goal or a resolution, you have to make it a daily habit. But, but I also think it has to be something you really want. You really want to feel more healthy. You want to pay off the debt. You, there has to be an intrinsic value in order to be able to keep moving towards it. Yes, that's so true. You have to really, really want it. Over the break, I watched, which I know sounds so unlike me because I'm not a sports person, but I watched The Last Dance about Michael Jordan and the Chicago Bulls. Mm -hmm. cannot recommend it highly enough. I was addicted. It has taught me so much, mainly that talent is really only 20% of the game. The rest is your will, your determination, your energy and drive that you bring to it. And so I think that's the same for all of us with any goal we set. You have to really want it. That's like the 20%. But the other 80% is really going for it, really taking those action steps. I agree. That can be scary. Mm -hmm. So we created an acronym for you all to help think about when you're creating goals for the new year. And it's called Become a Manifesting Star. And the star stands for surrender, trust, act, and receive. So let's start by talking about the surrender part. This is the trickiest part, I think, when we're trying to manifest, because sometimes we want something to happen for us in a very particular way, 
or in a very certain time element. This has to happen now. Or if you're holding on to something so hard, like I have to meet someone this year, I must get a new job now, I've got to pay off my debt or I'm going to never sleep again. That anxious energy of holding on and I have to have this, that is you know, kryptonite to manifesting. You have to learn that wonderful and really difficult job of surrendering what you truly want to achieve to the universe with total and perfect trust. That also allows you to work in tandem with spirit and with your guides and with your ancestors and with that that power source that keeps that can help you keep going towards whatever you're trying to manifest in your life. So if you're if you have a longer term goal or something that feels a bit unattainable or you've really raised the bar for yourself, if you know that the universe has your back and you've surrendered to that, when you do start to dip, you can like literally say, I need some help here to, to spirit. Yes. And that's really important. And sometimes we have to lower the bar in our goals. And I know that might sound counterintuitive, but let's say you've got this big debt hanging over your head and you're just not bringing in enough money. I mean, so many times when we have debt, it's not that there's so much shame in that, which I, I I hate for people because I think our society is set up to keep us in debt, at least with student loans and things like that. But if you're not making enough money to pay your actual bills, then how are you going to pay off the debt? And that can feel so overwhelming. But if you surrender it and just say, you know, dear God, dear higher power, I need help with this. You have to show me the way and then trust that the way will be shown and then take action, meaning, okay, maybe you can't put $200 a month towards that debt, but maybe you can put $10 a month towards that debt. And at least it's something. Any action you take towards your goal will reap enormous benefits for you on a mind level, a body, and a spirit level. Right. And it also involves being really honest with yourself and sitting yourself down and looking at the debt and seeing, is has this been what I've needed to do to survive? Did this keep shoes on my kids' feet? Did it keep the electricity on? Or um, is it on the priority list that I go to the spa every month, but I'm not taking care of my responsibilities? And no disrespect to anyone making those choices, but I also think that that's a hard lesson. And I can say that because I've had extreme debt and I've paid it off. And it's not easy and it sucks. And you get in about in the middle of it and you say, I don't want to keep doing this. I want, I don't want to throw every extra dollar towards this debt. But when you get on the other side of it, there's a freedom and a sense of accomplishment that allows you to realize, wow, I really can set a goal and I can make it through and it can change your life. Those goals that we set that truly change the trajectory of where we're going or our quality of life. Those are the big ones. They are the big ones. They are life-changing. So to me, surrender and trust go hand in hand because you have to surrender your goal to the universe while trusting that if it is in your highest good, it will be delivered to you. But some of our goals aren't for our highest good. And that's where that surrender and trust piece come into play. Some of the things that we really, really want, maybe 
just are not part of our plan. I had a friend who was really looking for a new job, like badly. She really needed, she loved her current job. She loved the people. They were were like family, but it's a nonprofit. So she wasn't making a lot of money and the benefits weren't that great. And so she kept applying for all these jobs. And I mean, her CV is amazing and she just wasn't getting any offers. And she kept praying and praying. And and finally, I said to her, I think you just have to surrender this. Like, just just give it up, write down everything you want in a job and then just burn it. Just give it give it away or throw it in the ocean. But you have to mentally, emotionally, spiritually and physically surrender this because you're you're holding on so hard because you need it. And I get that. We've all been there. Mm -hmm. So she did. And two weeks later, her boss called her in and said, hey, we just got approved for this new grant. And I know you haven't been making enough money that we haven't been able to pay you a lot, but we can give you a bump in salary now. Oh. So she was able to stay at her job. And it wasn't even an option she allowed herself to consider or contemplate until she surrendered it. Yeah. And that's always a difficult piece. But if you work on trusting, trusting yourself, trusting the universe, really and truly trusting your guides and your higher self that you have set out a soul plan that is the best for you, even if it's not what you might want in that moment, it's the best for you and your soul plan. Difficult stuff. It is, but that's a really good way to put it and trusting that you will get on the other side of it. Yes. Trusting is not only about trusting the universe to have your back and trusting your team on the other side to help you. Trust is also about having faith in you, that you can step up in, into your personal power, that you can achieve these goals that you set out for yourself. So trusting you is, to me, it's deeper even than loving yourself. It's trusting yourself enough to know that you can do this. Because Denise, we've said this before in the show, but I have found with me and with many of our listeners, and I don't want to speak for you, but I just think for so many of us, our fear isn't so much of failure, but of success. That's a very good point. And also, when you trust yourself, or you do overcome the odds, or you do prove to yourself that you can accomplish something that felt maybe a bit insurmountable, it gives you strength and courage and bravery to go to that next goal. And that sounds a little over the top, but when I think about, you know, some of the hardest things I had to get through in my life, and I can remember, I would say to myself, because we're, we're all, all of us here in this little club that we've developed, and we're very sensitive people, and I'd say, you need to be brave, Denise, you need to just be brave and get through this. And I think sometimes that also goes hand in hand with the trust is finding the courage to keep going. Finding the courage to keep going. And you have to find that any way you can, and it'll look different for everyone. And to me, it's not only a day-by-day thing in those difficult times, it's a minute-by-minute, hour-by-hour thing. And you just have to hold on to whatever it is that comforts you. Like, oddly, I know this is such a silly thing, but... When I was going through my breast cancer scare, I knitted a little, um, what are they called? Oh, it's a Japanese word that I forgot. But anyway, I I knitted Brave, Merida from the movie Brave. Yeah. 
And I, I'm looking at her now. She's got her little bag of arrows and her little bow in her other hand. And she's got the, I did the red orange yarn hair. I know it's a silly little thing, but she sits on my desk every day. And I, every time I look at her, I think, be brave, Samantha, be brave. Mm -hmm. So even if it's something as simple as having a, a visual reminder of what you're working on as you, as you work on surrendering and trusting yourself to achieve these goals, or if it's something as big as, you know, really speaking your truth and putting yourself out there, it's important to find your courage in the way that works for you. Now, the third step in manifesting is action, is take action. And I think this is a step a lot of people miss, or they don't really realize how powerful their actions are. I, I know for me, at least in my 20s and 30s, when I would set a goal, I would think, if I just show up, that's enough, right? If I just show up for the job interview, if I just show up for, you know, whatever it is I'm trying to do, if I turn in a query to an agent, it's all just going to magically happen. You have to take so many action steps to achieve your goal and you have to keep acting. You have to persist. And that is where that trust and that faith comes into place. We can't wait for someone to just come in and fix all the pieces that we're hoping to put together for our goals. We have to do it ourselves time and time again. And being consistent. So that goes back to you have a goal, you break it down, you take that first step. But also if that step proves to be too large, setting out, break that down even further because there is no step that's too small. And I know that sounds kind of hokey, but once you start moving in the direction, you'll gain momentum, but you'll also, it's, it's like quitting smoking cigarettes. So, and I remember years and years ago when I tried to quit smoking way, way back, because I haven't smoked in years and years now, but I was watching the clock and saying, okay, Denise, you've made it in another hour. Do you really want to throw that hour away and have to start all over again? And then I would go three hours, then it was five hours and in it, but it was just that and, and getting over any kind of an addictive behavior. Sometimes you do have to get it down to those little minute steps, but that actually applies to setting an, another goal for a lot of people right now. They want to have a side hustle or build something that they love to do in their life or fitness and health, whatever it might be, but you do have to take those first couple of steps and, and keep the momentum going. And that's that action part. Yeah. And I think breaking it down into small steps, like you said, is excellent. And I also think carving out all the BS and honing in on who you are, what drives you and why you want this and what's motivating you is going to be really key to manifesting in the new year. I just have to throw something in it. And if you're either blessed or cursed with being stubborn as hell, that can be very, very helpful in cold setting. <laughs> this is true. Well, like in 2020, I felt pulled in so many directions because my kids were home and I was basically helping homeschool them. And my parents have hit tremendous health crises. So I'm trying to help take care of them. And and then I have work and going in a lot of different exciting directions. And every time I had all these, you know, different aspects of my life pulling on me, I had to hone in on what's important, my children, what matters to me, my children, you know, like, and so it yeah. helped me to just say, okay, you know what, I need to do A, B, and C for my kids today. 
I need to do D, E, and F for work today. And when that's all done, I'll handle G, H, and I or whatever's next on the mm-hmm. list. So I think when you can kind of carve out your your day or your or your plan for your goals in a way that is so filtered into the essentials, you'll find the time, you'll find the drive, and you'll find the motivation you need to take action on these goals. I think for some of us, my, I'm in this quadrant or whatever, I need to make things habitual. I have to make a goal. It has to become a habit. I have to be almost... Um, Okay, if I'm going to exercise, it's like a Rain Man thing. Okay, I exercise at nine. At nine, I exercise so that I'll do it in that same process. So then I, my muscle memory, my schedule, my circadian rhythm, whatever it might be, I'm ready to do that at nine o'clock. If it's similar to, if I could apply that to my devotion to journaling every morning to some other aspects of my life, but again, it's rote, it's routine, it's at the same time every day, it's the same process. And that can be another really helpful tool when you're trying to uh, break down a goal is to address it in the same manner or in the same time frame if that's an option. That is so important. Do you know if I don't write it down, it doesn't happen? It just doesn't happen. If I don't write it down... There's a great book I'm manifesting called Write It Down, Make It Happen. But I mean anything. Like I've I have to set I have to write on my to-do list. I have to write meditate, pray, and then, you know, do readings, pack orders, email people. Like I'll write all the other stuff. And then I always have to write, I should snap I should take a little shot of my to-do list today. Cause the last thing on my to-do list is rest. Because oh. I swear to God, I will stop, I will not stop going and going and going unless it's and then I'll look at my list as I'm running throughout my day and I'll be like oh yeah I need to rest at some point we know we're both very very sensitive people that having that structure of a list helps to bring more balance as well yes I make my list when I'm writing in the morning I'll be journaling away and then all of a sudden it'll pop in oh pay the electric bill and I'll write it down on my list and I'm just and sometimes later in the day, I'll, I'll get so busy or I've done so many readings and I'm kind of in that zone. And at the end of the day, I'll look at my list and say, oh, I never did this, this, and this. And then I'll address them at the end of the day. Okay. But- see, I need to do that, Denise. This is probably the main reason I'm a night owl because I write my list at night before I go to bed and then I get all panicky. Like, why didn't I do that today? How could I have forgotten to pay that electric bill? And then I get all amped up and I'll start doing stuff at night. Oh, no, but that's a really good clue is that if you wake up in the night and you're worried, oh, I've got to remember to, and you'll start playing it. I have to remember to pay that bill. I have to remember to go pick up that package, whatever it might be. If you jot that down on a piece of paper at night, you can get right back to sleep yes. because you won't, it, that's a good thing to remember. That is absolutely true. And if you're not a good paper writer, just open up an, the notes or reminder app on your phone and put it in there. What I'm trying to do now is get away from the nighttime to-do list. I still do it. But what I'll do is throughout the day, I'll just add to it. You know, like my kids will come up to me where I had a conditioner and I'll just add it to my list. You Mm -hmm. didn't sign me up for the ACT yet. I'll add it to the list. So the list grows and grows, but at least it's there. Okay. So do you transfer the stuff from 
today's list that didn't get done to tomorrow's list? Yes, I do. Okay, I do too. And I even put like a little line next to each thing. So because I get so much happiness from putting a check mark next to it. Oh, I cross those bastards right out. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> okay, the last aspect of our acronym is receive. And this kind of reflects back on what we were talking about in the beginning of the show is that you have to open your arms wide to receive what the universe is trying to co-create and bring to you. So not only does this tie in the reward part where you really do need to reward and recognize yourself when you have accomplished a goal. I also think when you're in the process of manifesting, when you're consciously co-creating and you're putting it out there, I want to manifest this. In your daily life, you have to be open to receiving. So if someone says, hey, can I help you with that? Can I get the door for you? Or gives you a compliment, anything that has to do with receiving, it's so important during the manifesting process to open your arms metaphorically or literally and say, yes, yes, you can help me with that. Yes, you can hold the door for me. Yes, thank you. I, I thank you for saying I look nice today. But learning to be a really good, generous receiver to me is just as important as learning to be a good, generous giver. It's a cyclical thing. And I think that's probably out of all the things that we've mentioned, one of the hardest things for a lot of us as empaths is we are amazing at giving and giving and providing and helping, but either by conditioning or personality or whatever it might be, we don't always excel at being able to receive or we haven't had the opportunity to receive. So I think learning that also you can apply it to other aspects of your life, not just manifesting. Yes. Yes. It's an energy. When you're in that energy of just being the giver, the fixer, the rescuer, the helper, you are preventing, you are literally saying no to the universe to receiving. And so I think we have to do both. We have to be givers, but we also have to be receivers as well. Right. And that is going to open up so much space in your heart and in your life to receive what the universe is trying to bring to you. It also, by breaking down a goal with this star formula, or when we're kind of tongue in cheek with that, it takes the pressure off of making a resolution feels harsh and negative to me. Very rarely do people have a resolution that is uplifting and positive. Maybe they do. Maybe it's just me that I've always had them be things like, oh, lose weight or stop smoking or you know, whatever it might be. But a goal is attainable and it doesn't have a time. You don't have to put it. If you want to make a timeline on it and manifest it and say, okay, in six months, this is my goal. This is where I want to be. That can also be really helpful, but you could walk through these steps of, and check in, am I surrendering? Am I trusting? Am I acting? Am I receiving? And keep, I think that process of checking in with yourself, it's, it's kind of like saying, you know, am I okay? Am I doing all right? Am I on the right track? When we can apply that to ourselves, I think that's equally a form of receiving. Denise, that, those are such excellent points. And I, I think I've just realizing that's why I've never really liked New Year's resolutions because you're right. They are so harsh. It's always reminded me of Lent. You know, I remember as a kid in parochial school, 
we always had to give up something for 40 days. And, you know, the priest would check in on us like, you're not eating chocolate. Are you, Samantha? No, I'm not eating chocolate. (laughs) I I would say to the, I would always say, at least to Sister Catherine, who I felt more comfortable with, how is not eating chocolate for 40 days bringing me closer to Jesus? Like, I just don't get it. I would rather just talk to him every day. And she would say, well, it's reminding you of the suffering he went through for us. I think we're culturally conditioned in a way to feel as though we have to give up something to be better people. Right. And that's not always the case. You know, sometimes goals can be just, I'm going to love myself more this year, or I'm going to accept myself as I am, or I'm going to create more time in each day to do what I truly want to do. And I think when we have goals like that, in addition to practical goals, like going to the gym or giving up cigarettes or cutting down on debt or any of the things we've mentioned, I think it's it shows a really, really good aspect of self-care that we need to think about as well. Oh, I love that. That's an excellent, excellent way to look at this. So I think it's just important when you're talking about manifesting, there are so many aspects into setting goals, creating goals, and achieving goals. And this is just kind of a brief preview of really what you need to know in order to set goals that work. There's just so much that goes into it because not only do you have to set realistic goals that you actually want to achieve and are willing and ready and able to take action steps towards creating in your life, but you also have to surrender all the blocks that you might be putting up towards that goal. So blocks of lack of self-worth, blocks of doubt, blocks of fear, and learning to get into that unconscious part of yourself is really, really important. I think it's also really vital. Right now, the energies a lot are about, I've been seeing this a lot in readings and feeling it for myself as well, of people are trying to figure out how to put themselves at the front of the line. What do I really want for me? And if you've been in that caretaker role or a, a single parent or you know, you're in a job where people rely on you, you're constantly, we're going back to the constantly giving, providing, nurturing other people, making it all okay, sometimes taking a step back and saying, what do I really want for me when you're setting a goal? And not in a selfish or egotistical way, but that can also help you really align with, is this important enough to me on an internal deep level that I'll want to stick with it and bring, it's going to help me shift my life in a new direction. That's a really important aspect of this as well. You cannot have goals that are for other people. Your goals have to be all about you. Right. And I think a lot of people need to remember that. And I think some of us, especially empaths, we have a hard time just thinking of ourselves. We're not comfortable being selfish and self-focused. And yet goals only work when they're about us. And if you're having a hard time thinking of a goal that's just about you, just imagine the fairy godmother from the Cinderella Disney stories popping in front of you and saying, you know, you have three wishes. What do you want? And just sit with that and see what are the first three things that come to your mind and can they become goals? Because some wishes need to stay wishes, right? Like I want to spend a year traveling. That ain't happening right now. (laughs) (laughs) You know what else is interesting is when the three wishes, even though my sons are grown men, they're always my first wish. I want 
my boys to be happy, healthy, and safe. And, and that's always going to be on my list of three wishes, no matter how old they get or how old I get. It's just, that's my default position. But I think part of this as well is giving yourself permission to want something and, and to, to find it in you. Like what will bring me joy? What will, so back to, you know, if you're thinking I need to lose, I'm going to use the gym analogy again. One of the reasons I went to the gym was because I knew I need to stay healthy, strong, so that I can keep going with being a single parent, taking care of things, having the resilience. There were people counting on me and I needed to be there. So you you may set a goal for your own self that, that has a ripple effect with people that you love. So it doesn't mean that you're not still focused on you. That's That's excellent. Now, have you chosen a word for the year? Uh, no, I'm working on it. I may not. I Maybe I'll, I'll give it some thought, but I don't have one ready yet. How about yourself? Yeah, I'm still debating and, and trying to choose. I really, really am trying to meditate on that. I always pick a word every year and I don't know, it feels harder this year. I, a lovely listener and client emailed me and asked me to tune in for her word of the year. And at first I was like, no, I'm not going to do that because it's such a personal thing. You know, I really feel like it's something you really need to think about. Oh, a ladybug just landed on the window outside my office. Aww. That's good luck for all of us. Okay. So um, anyway, and I, but then I was like, okay, it's 2020. We've all had a shitty year. And if she needs some help, I'm going to do my best. So <laughs> when I meditated, I just visualized a chalkboard and I saw the word easy being written across the chalkboard. And I thought, well, that's a good word for the, for this year after the year we've just come off on easy, but I don't want to take her word. So I am thinking about maybe fun. Oh, fun's a good word. Just fun. Just to have more fun. 2020 did not feel very fun to me. No. And so I don't know. I haven't settled on it. I think it's important. I like choosing a word of the year because like we were saying in the middle part of the show, kind of carving out all the chaos and nonsense that tags along with the goals. Like, Ooh, what happens if I do accomplish that? What will change in my personal life? How will I handle this? Will I have to move? If you just carve out all that nonsense and focus on what you want and what's in your best interest, and sometimes choosing a word of the year helps us do that. But I, I do think those words do come true. And mm-hmm. so I think we have to choose them carefully. Like my word of the year for 2020 was joy. And throughout the months, I thought, well, this is not very joyful. But I'll tell you what 2020 did do is it taught me what was joyful. And it helped me to focus on the small joys in my life in ways that other years have not taught me that. So it did happen then. It did happen because in many ways, 2020 was a simplified year. I wasn't driving my kids to school. I wasn't going off to this place and that place to teach workshops. I wasn't traveling. I wasn't running to and fro. And um, it's there can be a lot of joy in staying home. And and I felt so much joy in just being grateful that for the moment, you know, we're all healthy in my family. Right. And so it it did teach me to appreciate the small joys, just those moments when we're all on the couch reading or watching TV or, you know, sitting outside by the fire, looking up at the stars, like just the small, simple things. And so I do think no matter what happens in a year, the word happens. Just 
don't don't do what I did one year. I can't even remember what year it was now, but I chose the word patience. And the world taught me to be patient. (laughs) Just know that it will come to fruition. So I thought with fun, you know, that would be a good one. And it it is time for more fun for all of us. It is. And as we move from this earth energy to this air energy, don't you feel like we're moving into a time where our goals really can take flight and we can have more fun with accomplishing these goals? Yes. Yes. And not being Pollyanna or glasses always overflowing, but I do think that the intention and energy you put behind it really, really makes a huge difference. If you're looking at this with regret, with fear, with anger, with uh, like it's a burden, or if you can find a way to lighten things up and crack yourself up or amuse yourself or whatever it might be, it does really change the whole energy of a situation. It really, really does. So not to sound like a self-promoting P.T. Barnum person, but I do have an ebook on my website called Manifesting Miracles, and it comes with a meditation, a guided MP3 meditation that trains your subconscious to manifest with you working on the reticular activating system part of your brain. So if you want to check that out, you can go to samanthafay.com and it's under e-courses. Perfect. Perfect, perfect. And what a perfect time of the year to buy that because then you can really start to set some goals. And I think we all need some fun goals this year. I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to learn yet this year. I have to work on that. One thing I know, Denise, is when you set a goal, you achieve it. You are a manifesting (laughs) star for sure. So thank you guys so much for listening. We hope you have a wonderful, happy week. Don't forget, as always, to show up do great work and share your light. Take care.